Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do things terrified all the time, <laughs> literally almost by the day. And I think if you can work in that framework and understand that on the other side of terrified is where our growth happens. And that's when it gets really exciting when you push yourself beyond what you think you can do. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. Our guest today is Gail Dolby. Gail helps entrepreneurs increase their profitability and get paid what they're worth. In this show, we discuss why being resilient as an entrepreneur is so important to your success. Thinking of people as gifts that you can unwrap and the ultimate shortcut to growing your business. This show is packed with tips to help you improve your business. Let's start our conversation with Gail. Hey, Gail, thanks for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Tyler. So excited to be here with you. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you too. So, hey, I'd love to start with, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, that type of thing? Sure, absolutely. Well, I have been working in the field of interior design for years. In fact, really, since I first graduated from college. And then I ended up being a designer. I was a finance degree, and then I went off and became a designer and and now what I do is I help people grow their businesses that are interior design firms. I help them make money. I help them structure. I help them plan for the future. And it's a really exciting field. I love doing what I do. Yeah. And you recently released a book. Can you share the title of your book with us and a little bit about it? I'll just call it Business Breakthrough. It's really <laughs> easy to find on Amazon. And it's something that is designed for really almost any business, but specifically for interior designers, if they're looking for ways to grow their business quickly and to understand how to run a business better. Yeah. I love that the book is could really apply to any business. You have just a lot of great, and we'll talk about it say, but a lot of great business wisdom and advice in terms of building and growing a business. So, so great job on that. Hey, let's start a little bit about you just in terms of you had your own challenges. And I think that always makes us a little bit more real if we can learn a little bit about you. 9-11 hit, caused your business to kind of, and we're going backwards a little bit, but caused your business to hit some challenges. Can you take us through that story and what kind of got you here today type of thing? Yes, that was one of the hardest things I've been through, or at least I thought that was the hardest. And of course, we've had a few challenges since. But I think what I learned through 9-11, when the attacks happened on the World Trade Center, it was the most surreal experience. I'm sure you probably feel the same way. Most of us remember where we were at that particular moment in time. And I had no idea what that would mean for the business. We spent the rest of the week, I told our team, don't come in. I couldn't even deal with it. I was so emotional at that point. 
And what was really shocking to me, we had an experience and I, I just was so stunned by this. We had a client that got upset the day of 9-11 that we did not have somebody coming to install her carpet runner on her stairs and she was furious. So we ended up getting the carpet installer to go, but she eventually, she apologized to us. And then after that time, it was the most unusual period of time. And what I would say about that is that the phone quit ringing. Our current clients who were very definitely big projects decided to put their projects on hold or stop them altogether. And then all of a sudden I was faced with having to downsize my company and I had no choice because cash flow stopped and I literally had to figure out a plan B. And that plan B meant that I had to sublet my office. I ended up moving in with an architect and that didn't work out because I didn't uh, <laughs> trust him. And then eventually I ended up going back to work all by myself at home. And so that was a real setback and having to go from having a team, having a beautiful office having great business and having a collapse was so disheartening. So, so, so hard. Do you feel like that experience, because unfortunately there were a lot of businesses that I think went through the same thing as you, this really sad period of time. I remember how just time seemed to stop that day for, I mean, we were just all frozen. Mm -hmm. What do you think are your biggest lessons you got out of that as you retuned and retooled? What do you do? Are there still like things that you take away from that? Like think, you know, some like thing can change overnight or what what, what were your kind of words of wisdom out of that? (laughs) Well, it's so interesting because I've had some questions recently from some of my clients about, well, what do we do? Because we're supposed to have another recession. And my comment to my clients is just be prepared every few years, every two to three, no more than seven years you're going to have something major that will happen in the in the world that has nothing to do with you. And if you are not prepared for this and you haven't thought about what kind of reserves do I need to have in my business financially? What do I need to have in place? What happens if all of a sudden everything just shuts down like COVID? We've had some of the worst experiences in my lifetime of business and we survived every single one of them because we have been resilient. And I think the real key here is to remember that things will come our way. We need to be prepared for them. But most importantly, we have to have courage and we have to be resilient and we have to do things even when we're terrified. And I do things terrified all the time, (laughs) literally almost by the day. And I think if you can work in that framework and understand that on the other side of terrified is where our growth happens. And that's when it gets really exciting when you push yourself beyond what you think you can do. Do you think that's where a coach kind of comes in or a consultant or whatever, probably a coach, a mentor, in terms of helping people push through that terrifying point? Because I think a lot of us naturally, when being terrified or scared or fearful, we tend to go the safe route or or just not confront the challenge because it's too terrifying. What's your thoughts around that? Is that where a coach kind of comes in or, or how do you face that if you do have that in front of you? I would agree with that because it is hard to do this for yourself. And we really are not very good about being our own psychologists. So if you have somebody who has courage, who's been down the path before, find somebody who can take you down the path that you want to go and that they've already been. And that's always the best advice. And I think the other piece, just like I was saying a few seconds ago, I think it's really important for all of us 
to believe that we are capable and competent and we can solve any problem. All we need to do is just take the first step and get into it and we'll figure it out. But don't stop and be frozen where you can't even get yourself moving. Just get into it and it'll come to you. You'll figure it out. Yeah, I like that advice. That's great advice. So I wanted to talk about, because I find this inspirational, you started your latest business, I think it was in your 50s. You pivoted, you you changed your course. Can you yes. talk about that a little bit? Because I think that's really exciting that I think, you know, myself, even all I'm guilty of this. I'm in my 50s and I start to think, wow, you know, how much do I le- left in the tank? What, what <laughs> does my future bring for me? And it's nice when I hear your type of success stories. And I, I do hear them a lot more regularly nowadays. Can you share that a little bit? Just your pivot and just your thought process? Well, first of all, I figure if Ray Kroc could do this with McDonald's, <laughs> I can surely do it with my small business. So right. he started at 52 with his business and I started at 52 with this business. And it really was more of an idea. I had been taking some classes. I'd gone to some seminars and my young associate at that time had only been with me a few years. And I sat down with her one day and I said, you know what? you want to start a family and get married. I want to use more of my skills. I want to use my business skills because I know how to do design, but I also know how to do business. And I really want to develop a business teaching other people how to do business. And she looked at me and she said, okay, let's do it. So here we are. She has now worked with me for 17 years, two of which were in the interior design field. And now here we are. And she is co-founder with me. She has grown from being an intern to someone who is powerfully strong and will help run this business after after I'm not walking this earth. But the fun thing about this is I really believe that sometimes you have to be pushed up to the wall and you have to understand who you are. And I am not one to work for a corporation or anybody else, to be frank. And for me, I have so much desire to grow and to build. And so for me, it's been a great, great experience. And the other thing that's so cool is that we didn't know what we were doing, really. And we found our way to getting through all of these really strange machinations of the business. And we've become quite successful. And I think one of the keys is we are really good at finding great talent. And the talent in our company is from 19 years old to 71 years old. Wow. What a range. is so interesting. And we have people who are contractors that are on our leadership team. And we have full-time employees. We have part-time employees. We have this really interesting mix of people. And I think what's so unusual about this, we're also a virtual company and have been for 13 and a half years. And so we've done everything kind of against all of the rules and it's worked great for us. And so what I would say to anybody that's, got the idea that they want to go start a business no matter what the age, just jump in and figure it out. You will figure it out, but you'll get there a lot faster if you get some help. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love, you know, that story has such, so many cool things. One, getting started at a point in your career, uh, which sure. is a cool age start in 52. Two, aligning yourself with someone younger and then being able to collaborate on a greater level. And now she's going up the ranks and, and a critical part of the team. That's just such, such got so many fun, feel-good parts to it. Well, she's just about to turn 40, but she's starting to stress over it. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so many years <laughs> beyond that. She's still young. 
Oh, she's so young, but she's yeah. she's really smart and she's very capable. So it's been a great pleasure. And what I love is mentoring young people to succeed. And I have some really unusual philosophies around hiring too. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Yeah. In fact, that's where I want to pivot. You, you use sure. the words, I have such a great team. You know, in yes. your book, you talk about, I just love this sentence. Teamwork is the ultimate shortcut. It is. I mean, in life, we're always looking for shortcuts, right? So why not do it through teamwork? I mean, that's how it's going to benefit your, your business the most. Could you talk about that great team? How do we do that? How do we build a great team like you did? Well, this is going to sound a little bit odd, maybe a little bit woo-woo in a way. But if I make a decision that I'm going to hire a particular person or a uh, position in the company, all I have to do is make that decision that I'm going to hire that person. And usually I find them before I even get the job description written. Wow. And it just, as soon as you make decisions and decisions are so key, we can't get stuck in this wondering if you should make the decision or if I make the decision, will it be a mistake? You just got to go for it. So I was just having a really interesting conversation with my one of my coaches today. And I had asked him, I said, I want you to interview this person who is 73 years old. She's retired. She's run her own business. And I want to hire her to do sales. And he, you could tell he was resisting. He said, oh my gosh, no, you can't do that. He didn't say that, but he did right. interview her and he was blown away. And you know how that happened? Wow. I was sitting there having a drink with my PR person in Atlanta and her sister walked in and we had a conversation. She walks away, leaves for about an hour, comes back. And all of a sudden I looked at her and I said, you need to work for me. <laughs> she said, why are you saying that? I said, because you really have it. And I would love if you would consider kind of coming out of retirement just a little bit and just work for us a little time. We'd love to have you in sales. And she said, seriously? I said, yes, I think you'd be perfect for this. So he told me this morning, he interviewed her and he said, I thought you were crazy. But he said, oh my God, she blew me away. And I said, yeah, you've just got to be open. Don't make an assessment and say that just because somebody's over the hill at 73, over the hill, I don't think that is the case. But somebody that has that much experience can be incredible for your team. So be open to any age group. I've started hiring interns. I have a couple of interns, 119 and 120. These kids are so sharp. Yeah. And I found one is a, a niece of my co-founder and the other one is the son of my hairdresser. Who knew? <laughs> and so to me, just figure out what are you looking for? What kind of traits and attributes? And then if you're willing to mentor and be open, you would be surprised at the talent that's there and available that you're probably not even thinking about. It'll make your life so much easier and be open to really looking at a job as not necessarily having a really broad scope of the things that they're doing, but narrow it down to somebody's strengths and use their strengths and let them go for it because that's where you're going to have the magic happen. I have seen it happen so many times in our business. I cannot even tell you. Right. Okay. So there's a little bit to unpack here. So I know there's people out in the audience going, well, well, wow, Gail just has this really special ability to to connect with people. I think she knows she's she's able to connect with people. And I don't, I don't necessarily get those types of people that are just crossing, crossing me in everyday life. But something you just said is you said, and I do see this a lot, 
with business owners. So I'd love to see get your thoughts on this. You said, look at their strengths. I think a lot of times we're always thinking of new employees. Well, that's a millennial or that's this, or this person's old and going to be slow and quit in a week or retire on my dime or whatever. And everything I heard you say was all about positivity and get and, and mentoring and getting the most out of them in terms of their what they're really good at. Can you talk about that? Because I think that's kind of like the secret sauce kind of of what you're bringing up here. Am I reading it right? What's your opinion? Well, that's certainly part of it. And I okay. think because I have a different viewpoint, because I do have, I'm long in the tooth, as they say. I know you're not. <laughs> well, okay, whatever you'd like to call it. I have a lot of experience right. and I'm pretty seasoned. And I think what it is, is I'm so curious about people. Mm. And if you have curiosity and you have an ability to see people's potential, I've always enjoyed seeing what people are really good at and then expanding on that. So if you go into a situation with somebody and say, I want to make sure I'm using your best talents and let's talk about it and let's figure out how we can make this job more associate or better for you, a better fit for you and a better fit for our company. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll take people from a broad role and put them down into one or two tasks that I want them to totally focus on because they're brilliant at it. So what I would suggest is that you think about every single person as some gift that you can unwrap. And if you can unwrap that gift, you're going to find all of these really cool characteristics about these people. I don't care what age they are. Put that aside and be open to the possibility that some of the best people you could possibly hire could be a lot older than you expect and older than you are, or they could be a lot younger. So either way, you should be open to the opportunity and then just be curious and find out what their interests are. And you might be surprised. In fact, you'll be shocked at what kind of a company you can build. I like that. What do you see outside of that issue? Do you see mistakes when it comes to hiring people? Of course. That we make? What are common ones that stick out for you? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, not having a plan for how you're going to scale your business. If you have no idea of why you're hiring somebody or where somebody can go after they start with you, then how can you really interest that person and share your vision and their potential with your company? Because they don't want just a job. They want to see the future. So how can you paint that picture of the future for people that's exciting and inspiring. And then from there, you can hire the right people. But the other piece of this is, is the hiring process starts before those people ever reach out to you. So they see your website, they see the things you're doing on social media, and make sure that you're thinking about your brand and the way that you're coming across, not just to your potential clients, but to your potential hires, because they are the most important clients that you have. So if you can go about it thinking that you're looking for somebody to be there with you long-term, you're creating a future with them, you're creating a vision of something that they want to be a part of, and you will find the right people. So you've got to bring your enthusiasm, your vision, your words, your communication style, and your ability to show that to somebody on the front end, and you will get all the people in the world that you want on your team. I like that. That's good. So it sounds like before you'd even start the hiring, you really got to nail your values and vision. Yes. It sounds like that would be something. Do you feel a lot of business owners or just tend to gloss over that? What would you run into mostly? 
Well, that's part of our program is we take them through that whole process of diving deep into that because it's that essential. And if you do not have that clearly stated, how in the world are you going to have a healthy culture? And culture is what brings people in. It attracts people. And you can tell if you've got a good culture or not based on your employees and how happy they are. So if your employees are helping in the hiring process, you better have a good culture because they're reflecting what you have brought into them. And so culture, values, vision, you cannot overstate the importance of those three things. Hey, this is Tyler. Oftentimes, business owners and entrepreneurs hire me because they are stuck. Their business is stuck. They've hit a wall and can't take their business to the next level. And they're frustrated. When I grew my second business, it took me a while to get the pieces to fit. But once they did, the business scaled fast. In fact, it grew to 25 million in annual revenue and ultimately sold for eight figures. So I decided to put together a roadmap for scaling a business. I wanna help stuck business owners that wanna scale but are having challenges. It's called the Scale in Five Roadmap and you can get a copy by doing the following. Text the number 55444 and type the word scale and hit send. A copy of the roadmap will be sent to your inbox. So if your employees are helping in the hiring process, you better have a good culture because they're reflecting what you have brought into them. And so culture, values, vision, you cannot overstate the importance of those three things. Love it. Love it. Hey, I want to shift gears. So in your book, you talk about the creative value blueprint. Yes. What is that and why is it important? Well, we, this is something, a model that we came up with a while back, and we found that there are three key areas that people really need help with. One of those is having a foundation, and that can include everything from your systems, your processes, your finances. All of those things are part of that foundation. And the second element is your beliefs and where you are in your head, because if you have the right beliefs and you believe in prosperity and power and purpose then you're going to have the right beliefs that will attract and keep talent with you and also your clients. And then the third piece of it is what we call the collective or the people that you associate with. And this can be your mastermind group or people that are there at the same place as you are, they're trying to grow. And then finding a good counsel, somebody that can help you in growing your business. And it's really an about all the people that are associated with you in the work that you're doing. So building this great ecosystem around that is going to make your business very, very successful. So your creative value blueprint is very strategically figuring out all these parts so that you could be a recognized leader in your business. And if you could do all those pieces, then you're going to have a great time. And so will your team members and your clients. I like it. Is that something that someone would do in the beginning and then update every year? Or is it something that's living and constantly being updated? How would we utilize that? I love that question. And actually, it is something that you're constantly refining. So first, you need to know that this is the structure. This is what we need to work on and build in your business. But as you go, you're going to continue to refine and make that better and stronger throughout your years of doing business and hopefully with the help of and guidance of someone like 
a coach or consultant or also your collective, whoever your peers are that are also trying to go that direction because you can really grow a lot from being around peers. Got it. Now, one of the, you know, entrepreneurs have a lot of challenges, right? Yes. Some are self-perceived, some of them are real. What are common challenges that you see? And do you have a little bit of tidbits you can add in terms of overcoming those? Sure, absolutely. Well, a lot of people come to us when they're saying that they want to take their business to the next level or they're stuck. And those two are interchangeable in my view. And usually when they're coming to us with that statement, what they're saying is, what I currently know is not sufficient to take me to the next level. I do not have the knowledge about how to scale my business, how to hire in my business, how to really build all the infrastructure that's necessary to grow my business. And so that is something that we have a proven process that we teach over and over again because it works. If people will go and do it, they're going to get amazing results. So I think that's really important. And I think another challenge that I see very commonly is the complaint about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And they want work-life balance. And I, I think that is it's like a unicorn. If you have (laughs) such a thing, tell me about it. (laughs) You can achieve better balance, but I think the word is really integration. So if you can find a way to integrate your work life with your home life, you're going to have a happier life because the reality is you can't separate the two because one supports the other and vice versa. Right. I when you said that I laughed a little bit and I immediately thought like the four hour work week and right. I get a lot of marketing material that says, Hey, I'm gonna cut your work hours down to twenty a week. And I, I think there's like this perception, and I know from a marketing standpoint why why it gets done, but there's this perception that you should only like work ten hours a week or five hours a week or whatever. What's your thoughts around that? Like how real is that? As opposed to, yeah, you can be more efficient and balance things better, but the the four-hour work week or five-hour, whatever it is, what are your thoughts? Not real or possible? or <laughs> Not real. Not real. <laughs> it's a pipe dream. Yeah. I totally believe that what happens is this. You and I are entrepreneurs. Right. We start a business. We do it because we have a passion and an interest. And if we take things off of our plate, we're going to put something else on it. Right? Right, right. So what happens is that work-life balance is really our work-life choice. And I think we need to start being honest with ourselves that we really enjoy the process of running a business and being busy. And none of us want to sit there twiddling our thumbs, eating bonbons in, in the middle of the afternoon. We want to contribute. We want to grow. We want to be better. We want to grow our teams. We want to mentor There are so many different drivers of why we do what we do, but we will continue to fill up our plate as soon as we empty it, right? It's so true. It's like I try to manage my schedule and a lot of times I'll break it, but occasionally it'll work and I'll have, you know, Friday I'm done at 10 and it'll be like, okay, what do I do now? (laughs) And so I start to find things to do that I'm essentially working unless, of course, my wife is off or something and then we'll go do something. But it's just funny. It's like we have this belief, and I don't know if it's marketing that creates that or what it is, that we're supposed to only be working so many hours as an entrepreneur or whatever. But then even if we did, we're going to make it up somewhere else or we're going to move the next thing down the list and we're going to be back in the same spot that we started. Of course we will. And I am actually a huge believer in time blocking. And I also like there's a uh, Cal Newport has a great planner out, which I highly recommend. Okay, And it's it's a very good planner and it really works for me. So 
blocking your time is super important. If you want to have more time for family, you block that into your calendar. If you want to have more time for charitable work, you block it into your calendar. If you want to do more marketing, you block it into your calendar. And then you follow that. You don't change it. You really stick with your plan. But make sure that your time is allocated to the right things so that you're actually accomplishing what you want in your life. And that will give you better integration. And it's not the life balance, but it's the life choices that you're making that are so much healthier in this way. Yeah, that's a huge one. Hey, I want to, on kind of the same note, a little bit different. In your book, you reference a 10-minute clarity routine by Dr. Benjamin Hardy. It's a YouTube video. I was wondering if you talk about that a little bit. I found, I checked out the video. I thought it was pretty interesting. Right. Well, he has just done some great work. And I took his program for about two years and got several of my clients to go through it because I felt like it was so good. But he talks about having clarity sessions. And I also think, that 10 minutes is not just, that's not sufficient for most of us that are running a business. At least two hours a week, you need some time where you're thinking about the business and looking at what are my roadblocks? What are my opportunities? What are the things that I can change in the business and make it easier? What is the one lever that I can tweak that will take my business beyond five problems? And if I can solve this one problem, it's going to fix five problems. If you can start thinking like that, that's what comes out of a clarity time. And I would also encourage you to think about taking time for a sabbatical. I did a six-week sabbatical last year. I will do it every year from now on. I'm also planning to take, I take what I call the fifth week. So (laughs) any month that has five Mondays in it, I'll take that fifth week off. Well, next year, I'm going to make it two weeks. So I'm going to have 12 weeks off next year. And I'm planning my schedule around that. And so what I've done is I've made decisions right now for next year about what I will and won't do. And so first of all, I'm going to take care of taking my brain and giving it some downtime so I can think and plan ahead and also recharge. So I think that's really important for all people. I don't care what kind of business you're running. If your business can't do without you for three or four weeks or six weeks, then you don't have your business set up correctly. So you need to work on that piece. So plan that ahead and then go back and build your schedule around that. Yeah, I like that. It's true. If you can't set aside time to get away, something's not not clicking right. Right. Yeah. Hey, want to shift gears just a little bit before I wrap up here. Numbers. So a lot of times, you know, business owners, they just numbers and you'll hear that's not my thing. They'll just ignore them. They'll leave it to the bookkeeper. Three months later, they get financial information. What are your thoughts around that? Where do numbers stand as part of running a business? And then how do you get people over this hurdle of having a fear of numbers? Well, it's so funny because I have had more people have light bulb moments and then end up in tears in front of me after we finally had that breakthrough moment where I explained financial statements to them, like a P&L and a balance sheet. And I do it in such a way that it is compared to words that they understand, like a mortgage. So I'll share this with you because I've uh, talked to people about this. So your assets are like what your house value is on Zillow. (laughs) And your liabilities are your mortgage. And your equity is what's left over after you've uh, paid off your uh, liabilities. So that is a very simple way of explaining to someone what a balance sheet is. And once they get that, it's like this 
huge light bulb goes off and they realize it's not so scary, but numbers are everything. If you can't measure it, you can't improve it. And that's an old statement. I don't know who said it, but that is so critical. You need to know the important numbers in your business and what drives those because otherwise, what are you doing? How do you know if you've got cash to spend? People see half a million dollars in the bank account in our industry. That's pretty common. And they think they can go spend a lot of money, but it may not be theirs to spend. So it depends on what their profit structure is. So if you don't know if you're profitable, then how do you know if you can spend that money? Yeah. Yeah. Do you find most people, if they commit to understanding the numbers and then maybe like someone like you that breaks it down for them, it relieves all that tension. And then yes. they, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's great. I'm always amazed too, how a lot of times, because I don't really like numbers, they'll try to figure out ways to kind of work around like math in their head, very simple math on how they calculate their profit. And it's oftentimes just so far off from reality that they're like creating this hole for themselves. And, and then they get financials. And a lot of times they're not even accurate and they don't really know how to read them. So you've got all these challenges. So I love the way you break it down in a very simple way for people to understand. Well, just like, and I won't go through all the things that I teach, but certainly markup and margin, people confuse those two things. And I have a simple way of explaining it to our industry. And if, if you can get the basic concepts, just understand that it builds. And every year that you learn a few more of these terms, Within three years, you're going to love your business. You're going to love looking at your numbers. I have clients that will say, oh, I'm at 20% net profit. And I'm just going, yes, <laughs> that's exactly what we're looking for. And they get so excited about it that they actually forget about the creative part and they love running the business. And so that shift happens so often with a lot of our clients about three years into their time of coaching with us. And then all of a sudden they're realizing I'm making really good money. I have multiple people that are making over a million dollars in net profit after payroll. Wow, that's nice. And so that to me is a huge success is seeing where they came from and the fact that they now understand that they are capable of creating a very financially secure life. Yeah, that's great. Hey, I want to end on... Uh... A business or a life tip. Do you have something sure. that you could share with us that you've learned along the way that we could either apply to our life or apply to our business and hopefully make us better? Yes, absolutely. Well, I told you I took a, a sabbatical and the purpose of my sabbatical was number one, to get some clarity about what I wanted for myself and then also to grow personally. And one thing that I've learned, and I've heard this before from other people, and I can totally attest to this, that if you want to build your business and change it and grow and grow personally, you have to grow personally by studying. And so I am a massive reader. I read a lot and I have been on a tear reading and reading and reading. And so I'll read about five to seven books per topic. And if I want to get really clear on how to be a better leader, how to have a better culture, how to exit my business, I'm going to read as much as I can on those topics, and I'm going to start talking to subject matter experts on those things. And in fact, I invite them onto my podcast. <laughs> so for me, I love that because the learning piece is what keeps you fresh and young, and it also keeps you ahead of your competition. So if you want to be successful in life, don't be the one that reads one book a year. Be like the CEO that reads 60 books a year, because I guarantee you, if you do that, your business and your life will change. But focus also on your personal growth. 
Because if you can do the personal growth piece, your business will feel it and you will do amazing things. Powerful. Always be learning. Always be Always learning. learning. Yeah, I love it. Hey, your book is Business Breakthrough, Your Creative Value Blueprint to Get Paid What You Are Worth. Great book. Read it. I highly recommend it. Your website, and I'll put all this in the show notes. Your website right now is gaildoby.com. I'm going to spell that out. G-A-I-L doby, D-O-B-Y.com. I'll put that in the show notes. Awesome having you on the show. Uh, hope if anything eventful happens in your career, or your profession, or book number two. I think you mentioned you were going to write three books. So yes. if book number two shows up. Uh, you're welcome to come back and I'd love to hear your wisdom. Oh, that'd be awesome. It'll be coming out next year. So I'm committing myself. <laughs> <laughs> you're on record, on recording. All right. I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gail. Take care. It was my pleasure. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.